0: Alright everybody, welcome back to We Dig Tennessee. Um, before I officially jump into this podcast, I wanted to just make a little disclaimer that Evan and I recorded this podcast um, a week, to come out a week ago, but then with the um, the infrastructure bill still being kind of in flux, we di- and we didn't want the message to get overshadowed uh, that we're going to talk about by everything going on with that. So um, with that, we'll... Um, you know you'll hear us say early november a couple times throughout this podcast but you know it's all still on track as of you know if if we had recorded it uh this week with the study and other things that we're going to talk about in here so with that um I'll, i'll jump into the audio that evan and i recorded all right everybody welcome back to we dig tennessee i'm your host matt mingus uh good to have you guys listening again i think we have an info packed episode for you this week uh and I'm uh, I'm happy to welcome back Mr. Evan Wyman to the show. Evan, how are you, man?
1: I'm good, Matt. How are you? Good morning.
0: I'm doing great, brother. Uh, glad to have you back on. I know we've been we've been trying to nail this down for a while, and we keep kind of missing each other. So I'm glad to have you have you back on the show.
1: Well, that's kind of you, and I know that this has been 99.9% my fault. So it's very good to be back. Thank you.
0: <laughs> Thank you for not blacklisting me, Matt. <laughs> no, no, I know I know it's been a, a busy time in your world, man, with the infrastructure package keeps shifting and changing and there's a whole lot going on in damage prevention and and so i think we've got a lot to talk about
1: yeah and, and to be honest with you i know we're not going to get into the infrastructure package but one thing is clear if you see the the huge amounts of funding going into several underground markets one thing is for sure damage prevention will never be more important uh as it will be in the, in the coming years
0: no you're absolutely right uh, and And you're right. We're not going to hit the infrastructure package. I want to wait till it's a little more solid before we jump into it. But if all that money starts coming down the pike, you're right. It's gonna damage prevention is going to be in the forefront with all that digging going on. So let's jump. Let's jump into it, man. Um, I know you've got a lot of updates for us.
1: I do. Um, And I did want to talk about a little CGA update. I'm not going to do what we've done before talking about the different committees and initiatives in the the existing CGA. I did want to talk about this next practices initiative. Um, So, you know, since it was established, Matt, CGA focused on existing best practices. So in other words, it couldn't be a best practice unless it was in the field, it was uh, provided in a statute or allowed by law or required by law. Um, We've always intended toward moving towards uh, net zero damages through a process that works for all stakeholders. Um, what we're looking at now through next practices is what's coming down the pike. What are the real uh, problems facing the industry and what are the more viable solutions to those problems? And and they've, it's really a three pronged approach that they're looking at. It's, it's to double down on proven practices, uh, push and encourage innovative solutions and eliminate uh, efficiencies in the field so those are those are the and and not and we're looking at long-term solutions not these temporary ba- band-aids that are temporary solution but what we can do in the long term to actually solve the problem so when looking at some of the main problems in the field and and I might be a broken record uh, but I, I just want to point out to folks that are listening that are longtime members of the cga just remember how the the narrative has been say 10 even eight, six years ago versus what i'm about to get into because he didn't hear some of this stuff in the in the cga discussion um not long ago so one of the things the next practices committee is looking at um and a problem that they've identified is operators taking low bid locating contracts Um, that they've identified that as as a major problem Um, so so they're now criticizing operators that are doing that and Making the point that if focusing on upfront costs will end up costing the uh, the operators more in the long run. Um, so really, what we're trying to do is is you know get them to look at the big picture and not just not just go for the low bid when it comes to locating contracts. The other thing I think that's interesting that they're they're looking at, <clears throat> excuse me, um, is I'm looking at those here. Locators are expected uh, expected to clear tickets in a, a specific time frame, regardless of volume. And that's a problem we know this has been a problem for the long time it doesn't matter how much infrastructure is in the field they want to clear 30 40 50 tickets uh in a given day or a couple of days sometimes it's just a not it's not a a realistic time frame to get these things done and so so locators have even said the high volume of tickets uh does lead to inaccurate and and late locate um locates and marks um and we're encouraging reevaluating the time allowed to complete the locates. And I've always said for and many of us have always said the operators, not just the locators, the operators that hire them and give them, you know, their marching orders on how much they have to clear. Let's look at quality before quantity. Right. And like don't again, don't give them an, a, a um, just unrealistic amount of tickets to clear in a, in a given day. So they're really looking at three critical challenges, facilities uh, that are not marked or accu- marked accurately on time, excavator errors in the field, and effective and consistent use of 811. I'll give an example of that. Um, so, so we know that contractors over-notify. We put a lot of tickets out there, and they're, it's done that that we're doing that because we don't know what's going to get located and when. And so we don't want to get stuck. We want to be able to work. So we put out a bunch of locates, locate requests. We see what's located and we go from there. That's an inefficient use of, of, of one call. I think everyone would agree with that, but we're going to do that if we know that uh, that that a lot of these locate requests are not going to be answered, or they're going to be answered two, three days late. So some of the solutions, and they're just really at the beginning uh, part of this, are, you know, not just white lining, but electro- electronic white line, which, which would really do a good job of just not just the, the work area, but where the excavation is actually going to take place. The other is GIS mapping systems. Uh, there's really innovative mapping going on out there where they're even ele- uh, electronically documenting potholes and, and keeping that data and even providing it to, you know, uh, maybe uh, providing it back to the operator so they have better maps. The contractors can do that. It would be they'd be compensated for that. But there are folks, there are contractors that are doing this now uh, and, and making a lot of progress doing that. So, uh, you know, technology is also to account for varying demand levels. So we know that construction season is different, uh, different for different parts of the country. But if we can better manage um, varying demand levels, that will help improve some of these problems. Um, and, and I do want to, uh, and, and, and I just want to get this out of the way. Um, there has been skepticism of CGA lately, but again, I would encourage everybody to think back where we were, you know, let's just say eight years ago. And I, I've always criticized in the past as, as CGA was focusing too much on uh, just 811 education. It, I, I, I jabbed it as the 811 Association. If you call 811 and you dig carefully, you've got damage prevention. Now they're looking at this. If you look at some of the stuff they're looking at, reporting that that locators are saying that they're overwhelmed with ticket volume by the operators, and that's a problem, right? And and we're making the case that that you know in the end that's costing the operator more. So so where they're going with this next practice is I'm very encouraged about. Uh, and here I am talking too much, Matt. If you have any questions for me, but that—that's the points I wanted to hit on uh, with next practices.
0: No man, I, I think all that's awesome. I, um, I, but I think you're right. You know, when when you say that overwhelming the eight one one system is an inefficient way to work, not just for contractors, but for the locators and the folks out there actually putting the marks on the ground and the utilities being able to get people out there to get that done—that is inefficient. Uh, Absolutely. you know, and it's going to come down to all three parties having to do their part, uh, including contractors planning your work appropriately and not just calling in everything you've got, seeing where you can go put a shovel in the ground. And if if CGA's focus really is on getting uh you know lo- contract locators and utilities to get on time and accurate marks, then that's going to make that very possible.
1: Uh, you I, bet, Matt.
0: I, I, I'm with you, though. I've been one of those people that have been skeptical of CGA in the past and, and to hear them stand up and, and say that, you know, you can't just take the low bid on your locating contracts is awesome.
1: Yeah. Honestly, I think I think they've come a long way. And, and Matt, I encourage folks to go to the, the CGA website and um, take a look at the excavator white paper that they have there and they have a, a white paper on locators. Uh, And basically it gets into what are the excavators concerned with? What are the locators concerned with? And all this stuff is kind of wrapped up, wrapped up in there. The next one I understand that will be coming out in the next year or so, or maybe months, I'm not sure, uh, will be on the operators themselves. So it's not like any, this is a very uh, balanced approach. Everybody is getting looked at in this through white papers and in the next practices reports. So there's a lot of good information on the website right now that folks can access.
0: That, that balanced approach is gonna is the key there because you know that's one of the reasons I was always skeptical of CGA is like they were the contractor bashing people they just right. you know pointed at the contractors all the time and now that you know all three parties of this this have a stake in the game that the way it should be now it should start moving in the right direction
1: yeah and I've always been a big supporter of CGA but I have to give a shout out to Sarah Magruder lyle because the narrative has changed at CGA uh, since she took the helm. And, and so now, in my opinion, the contractors are in a much p- better place than we ever were before.
0: I, I like the, the next practices step, too, because, you know, it, the way they do best practices, it takes so long to get those developed and in the book and the way that that goes that half the time I feel like we're doing it before it's actually a, quote, best practice. So looking at the next practices so we can see where we're going next and, and start developing those techniques and and uh, th- those practices, is I love that that view of it.
1: Yeah, that's good. It's good stuff, Matt. It's good to yeah. hear the damage prevention chair saying that. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. The chair, Well, yeah.
0: right. I, I love hearing that come out of CGA, man. Um, so, any other CGA news?
1: Um, I don't have any CGA. I did want to mention well, one thing the CGA is doing has to do with our old friend Gold Shovel Standard. If you if you want a few minutes on that.
0: Oh, absolutely! I love talking okay. about and, gold and shovel. So, uh,
1: I'm always careful because I've been I've been a. Um, a skeptic, let's say, since uh, gold shovel was rolled out five years ago, I think 2016, and I guess I, I guess I consider myself a very happy bad cop in this debate, <laughs> <laughs> because we, you know this came out, um, rolled out by PG&E in the wake of San Bruno in 2016, um, and Nuka and we weren't alone in this, but all the contractor groups that I have worked for and with uh, basically banded together and 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 pushed back on gold shovel because the way it was rolled out. Um, they basically said uh, an operator forces all their contractors to enroll as a, as a condition of doing business, um, and then rank and score them, this is the way it was rolled out, rank and score them over time based on hits without any normalization of the data, without any real valuation of root cause. So if, if you were a larger contractor, just by virtue of being a larger contractor, you're going to hit more lines, you're doing a lot more work. So your score would be a lot worse than, uh, than a smaller contractor. So with a lot of problems, and <clears throat> to its credit, Gold Shovel did – reinvent itself uh several times to to try to address the contractors concerns and they they even you know we had some some uh how do i say this personality issues with some of the folks that rolled out gold shovel they they enlisted a a seasoned industry executive who did you know you know all of a sudden there was all this credibility in my opinion to gold shovel because um because of the new uh leader of that organization the problem was the biased nature of the program really didn't change. And so my big criticism was the only consistent thing over time was really the taking of contractor money and the coercive nature of making uh, the contractors participate. And it was, again, not looking at, um, stakeholders outside of the excavator. They they were starting to look at contract locators, but we said, look, we got to have the operators in the game here too. If we're going to do metrics, let's measure everybody's performance. And they just, they, they never got there. Um, so I would say though, this is the, the great news um, gold shovel and CGA have been talking. And from what I understand, they're, they're pursuing a memorandum of, of understanding for GSA oh, now gold shovel standard became gold shovel association so gold shovel association as a nonprofit, would through this mou and again we're only at that stage i mean i'm not really involved in this but this is what cga is reporting um but it would be a new branch of common ground alliance and it would be um i'm not sure if it would be a committee or just a branch but it, i believe that the name would be the the gold standard institute um It would be completely voluntary. So that right there, the coercive nature would be gone. I'm not sure about the pricing of it, but I, but again, if it's voluntary, then if there's a cost associated with it, you'd be, you'd be not forced to, to, to do that. But if you want to enter a CGA metrics, there might be a cost associated with that. Again, completely voluntary. And the other beautiful thing on this, Matt, is it's not just the excavators. Anyone who wants to buy in is going to get measured, right? And this is just, kind of what I'm reading from the press release that went out from CGA and GSA. Um, and, and so everybody would get measured. Uh, it would be voluntary and that would all be consistent with the spirit of the CGA where, wh- you know, in terms of truly sharing responsibility and damage prevention, the metrics would re- reflect that same shared responsibility.
0: Wow. That's a, yeah, that is big news, man. Uh, and, and I'm with you and I've, I've publicly, you know, talked about my dislike for, build trouble standard on this show as someone who has to use it uh, uh you know I, it was a program that i felt forced to use and and pay for and uh, it didn't do what it was you know sold as it does it didn't provide anything for my damage prevention program as a company it just spit out some numbers that really didn't mean anything to me uh you know i, I already know what i hit where i hit it and what i'm doing wrong and how to fix it and that's part of buying into damage prevention and, and taking stake in damage prevention. Uh, and you
1: know, you know, Matt, and I think, I think the operators themselves who were driving this started feeling the same way. Like, what am I actually getting out of this? You know, it, yeah. it, it, we didn't I see agree. a whole lot. I mean, in terms of sharing data, I saw, I saw like a one page snapshot of a success story with one operator and, and how they saw damages, Reduced, but there was no real correlation to how Gold Shovel contributed to that, and so I, I just think that, you know a kudos to the GSA for for pursuing this with CGA, uh, because yes. I don't think contractors. You tell me, Matt. Uh, contractors aren't, aren't afraid of metrics. We're not afraid of being measured, performance measured, because we're you know that we're under the gun anyway all the time.
0: No, and and, and you know uh, as far as I I know, when, at least when it comes to Nuka members, I can't speak for you know, non-NUCA members, uh, the most of the people I know in our association that they they buy into damage prevention and want to do things right. So they're not scared of being measured. If it's marked accurately and timely, we're not going to hit the damn thing. And if we Mm do, yeah, we'll own up to it and we'll take care of it. That's just kind of the mindset that we have, you know, and so I'm not afraid to be measured because I'm going to do it right.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. The what I I do like, though, is if these two programs combine or merge, then then we're using the gold shovel reporting system to work with best practices next practices and actually build something that could help in damage prevention so that is what i think is encouraging coming out of this
1: yeah and and one spot on matt and one other thing is you know we contractors the excavators stakeholder in in the cga we've always our problem with the dirt data and the trends that come out of dirt. I've always said that they don't, I I think there are a lot, you know, when it it came out, it used to be 80, 20 excavators responsibility versus the 20 being on locators and operators. I think now it's about a third, a third, a third. But I think if we start measuring performance and we start getting this data um, in in the dirt more, especially from the excavators, I'm going to, I think you're going to see those trends start to flatten out and reflect a more uh, realistic um, performance level.
0: I would agree. And, and yeah, that, and that, that's what I'm looking forward to is, you know, we, we've said over the past couple of years, you know, excavators need to get their info into dirt. Otherwise it's never going to reflect the truth. Right. And if this is a, a pathway to help with that, then I'm all about that. And if we can use that info to actually build something that helps damage prevention, that's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, awesome, man. Well, I'm, I'm excited about that. That's encouraging. Um, now I know, and I know we've talked about this a little bit before, and we still can't talk about it a whole lot yet. But we're almost to that point, man. Uh, the the damage prevention study that uh, that Nuka and and several other associations have been working on together. I man, what where are we at?
1: Okay, no, I'm glad you brought it up because if you if you didn't, I was going to because <laughs> we're almost there. You know, um, it, it, let's just say. And this was my take on this. Um, I'm glad that we have five national associations uh, that sponsored this. Uh, and they are, I'll just mention, it, they're NUCA, um, the Distribution Contractors Association, the American Pipeline Contractors Association, uh, the Power and Communication Contractors Association, and then the National Utility Locating Contractors Association. So basically all excavators um, in underground markets and the locators that work with them on damage prevention. And in my mind, you know, I, when I talk to the federal government, um, you know, whether it's FIMSA, whether it's Capitol Hill offices, even the state guys, and I talk about locating problems. And if you look at that that situation we had with CenturyLink, I, I went to FIMSA and said, look, we have one Company one, one carrier in one state that was responsible for sixty-eight thousand either missed lo- um, responses to locate requests or blatantly late, and that's just unacceptable at the beginning of dig season. Um, and that we know that the decision on what gets located and when is based on cost and not on safety. When they said, "Great, Evan, that makes sense. It does sound like a, a lot of locate requests that are missed," but show me data on this. Show me uh, a trend. So show me around the country before I start, you know, raising a stink about this. So we've never had the data to back up that claim. Um, that's what this study is going to provide. Um, and I'm, so I'm happy that we have the five, the, uh, the five national groups on this. Um, I can tell you this. Um, it, 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 these groups, and Matt, you were at that meeting in September, we formed for the Infrastructure Protection Coalition. And I know a website is in the work works. Um, we are hoping to release this study right around November 1st. I, I, so, and I don't think we'll have, I mean, in the end, we'll have uh, elaborate um, investigation or examination of every state, but I think they're starting out with five or 10 states that we're going to roll out with uh, with some of the recommendations. But um, I can just touch on some of what I believe um, the recommend, recommendations uh, get into, which are, and, and this is for states to evaluate um hopefully and this is again my take on this uh when they adjust their damage prevention law we always encourage them to look at cga best practices but some of the stuff that's come up are are uh, providing for no exemptions so everybody participates and that's not just notification that's mainly you know membership if you're if you operate an underground facility you belong to the to the 811 center uh mandatory reporting Big one for me: balanced enforcement. So the operators and you know are held to the same uh, standards, same accountability as the excavators, and that might take improving the penalties structures within the state statute, um, as I talked about before better use of GIS mapping. The technology is out there. It's whether or not the operators are going to want to pay for it. But, you know, we've heard it's I remember 20 years ago, they, they said, well, we can't determine death. The, the technology is not out there. We know that that's not true. The technology is is out there now. So GIS is, is definitely the way to go. And then they also look at standardizing, locating, and marking practices. And there's a whole bunch of stuff. That's just what I've gotten from uh, some of... Continuum Capital, which is um, um, conducting the studies, some of the powerpoints that they've put out there. So I don't know; I haven't seen the report yet. Um, I, you know, so people ask me about it all the time. Matt, I think you've seen everything I've seen, uh, but we're certainly looking forward to it uh, because it will have an elaborate um, report from the national level and then a pretty deep dive into each state. Uh, in the end and again, I think they'll they'll start out with some of the states that have um, higher performance and then maybe some of the states that, that need some work. I think that is the way they're going but I guess that's a long way of saying we're almost there and we should have a, we should have a report out and you rolling it roll, uh, the five groups are rolling it out. I'm doing a bunch of press releases for some of them. Um, over the next week or two. So early November, I think sh- folks should should look for the rollout of this. And certainly, I do want to plug, uh, if it's okay to do this, Matt, um, NUCA's 8111 Call and Damage Prevention Forum. We'll have Mark Bridgers there, uh, who who leads Continuum Capital, who give a pretty uh, elaborate overview of the study. Um, and that will be, Matt, uh, November 18th and 19th at the Weston Charlotte charlotte north carolina and all that information is on the uh the nuka website so mark will be there sarah magruder lyle with cga uh as well as john florty with quanta who is the excavator uh director on the cga board of directors so should be a packed day it's going to be in conjunct in conjunction with the safety directors forum mm-hmm. and it should be a great day so november eighteen, nineteen in charlotte
0: yep i'm very very much looking forward to uh SDF is one of my favorite events of the year, anyway, just because there's a wealth of knowledge and safety people in that room, and safety and 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 damage prevention go hand in hand. So I am very excited to see what comes out of this Safety Directors Forum and 811 Forum uh, in Charlotte. That that's going to be awesome, uh, and I'm very excited to hear from Mark. <laughs> I want to read that study and and see what it says. And I, I know in that meeting, uh, Mark said they have just a ton of information to try to put into this thing. So it's going to be a lot of info, and and don't let the the talk of changing your laws scare you off, because it's some of the stuff is simple process change. You can just start doing things a little different. Didn't not 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 always that elaborate as a law change. So it's uh anybody listen, don't let that scare you. We don't have to go and change Tennessee law right now. We'll be okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: no, and, and you know, hopefully, a lot of times they do. They look at law changes, it, it will improve it for us. If you look at some of the stuff that both CGA and you know the uh, initial findings I've just seen just from presentations, I think in the end a big message is going to be: until the operators fix this situation or work with other stakeholders to fix it, it's it's costing them money in the end. It's yeah. from a business perspective.
0: Yeah, absolutely is, uh, and, and I think they're I think everybody's starting to figure that out now that. Like we said earlier, now that all three parties are starting to have equal stake in the game, I think it's it's starting to show that you can't just point the contractor and say, "Well, the contractors are doing everything wrong." It it's on all sides, there, guys. It if we all do our part, this process will work.
1: Yep, you're right, and and you know everything I've talked about today, Matt. Uh, you'll have Bridgers, you'll have Sarah, you'll have um, Flaherty there. Like those three will speak to you know next practices. Gold Shovel becoming part of CGA um you know and in uh, this study I mean that that's going to be a full day and you know it, uh, other folks you know we, we've talked at Cga some of the um communications I know there's been some communication problems it'll be a good time for new folks to uh to talk with Sarah and and you know um share anything you have positive feelings some negatives where things uh, areas you can see improvement within Cga bring all that stuff I think that's what we're looking to do
0: absolutely yeah we want this to be you know kind of an open forum where you can ask questions and and, and learn and get good answers and and there's going to on top of of the study and sarah and john and mark we're going to have some talks on sue and nick zimbelis is going to be there to talk about that and there's going to be all kinds of information coming out at, at this thing so uh, anybody that can make it go ahead and get on nuka's website get signed up uh get yourself there get your safety people there and and, and come with a a fresh notepad because you're going to need it. You bet. Yeah. All right, man, you got anything else for us or is that kind of got us wrapped up for this one?
1: I've been talking so much. I figured you were just going to hang up on me, Matt.
0: (laughs) No, no, man, that was a, that was a ton of information. There's a lot going on in the world of damage prevention right now. Um, And and hopefully, hopefully this infrastructure bill will get uh, sorted out. We can get you back on and maybe, find out what that's going to mean to nuka and and our members
1: if i survive matt i will definitely do that
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's right
1: we're at crunch time and and you know there's a lot of good stuff i'll just say there's a lot of good stuff in the infrastructure bill the other one that's following that's where where there's some bad policy in that that we're fighting so we'll we'll see how it all shakes out but again um, we know that there's you know even even if nothing passes we are in the midst of the biggest build out in American history, even, even without this extra money. So damage prevention is more fundamental and more critical now than it ever has been, in my opinion.
0: Absolutely. I think you're hundred percent correct. Well, Evan, uh, thank you again for coming on, man. That was a ton of information and and I'm looking forward to meeting up with you in Charlotte.
1: You bet, Matt. I appreciate you having me on.
0: Yes, sir. All right, guys, big thanks to Evan for coming on uh, again and, and sharing all the information, a ton of information coming out of CGA, out of the study, out of all that's going on. Uh, and like I said in the in the little lead to this episode, uh, you know we delayed this episode uh, to this week so that it wouldn't be overshadowed by the infrastructure bill, which you heard us mention in there, which did finally pass. So there's gonna be a ton of money coming down the pike for our industry. Um, so we need to be ready, be prepared, and, and be prepared to dig safe. So, guys, I really do recommend you guys sign up and get to Charlotte for the for the SDF and 811 summit. It's gonna be awesome. Uh, But, uh, you know, me and Ed have been covering a lot in this one, so I'll I'll wrap this one up quickly with a couple reminders here, guys. Uh, For Nuka of East Tennessee, uh, just a couple days from the release of this episode, uh, or actually the next day, uh, is the annual board meeting with the election on November 11th, and then December 8th is their holiday cocktail reception, which is going to be a good way to get together at the holidays, and uh, I know it's a busy time uh, for, for our industry right now. Uh, And then here in Nuka of Middle Tennessee, guys, uh, the Tech Summit, which was scheduled to happen uh, next week, is we're going to delay it. Uh, We've got a lot of member companies that are very busy, and so we don't want to put that in the middle of your schedules. We're going to try and hopefully do that maybe January, February, uh, when things are probably a little slower due to the cold. So uh, we'll we'll look forward to that. Uh, And then we have our uh, holiday shindig coming up in December as well at Bagsby Ranch. It's going to be awesome. Food, drinks, music, awards. Uh, guys, you got the email from Natalie about si- getting signed up to do our awards. Uh, if you got some people you want to stick in there, uh, nominate, uh, so on and so forth, please, please uh, go on there and, and take advantage of those awards. Uh, you know, a lot of our awards, we're kind of following the lines of what Nuka National does. So if you would like, we'll just kind of go ahead and forge your applications on the NUCA National so you can get national recognition as well for, for these awards. Uh, so please jump on there, get those, you know, apply for some of these awards. Uh, we'll see you at the, at the holiday reception. Uh, it's going to be awesome. Uh, and I want to do a huge shout out to everybody who came out and supported the, the shotguns and shovels event at the gun club last week. Um, man, it was amazing. Huge turnout, ton of people, a lot of teams, Um shout out to the uh, we, we got to step it up next year though here in tennessee we let the kentucky one team come down and and win it on us although when they have a guy hit 95 out of 100 it's kind of hard to beat that but hey uh it's, it was still awesome a lot of fun uh, thank you to everybody that stuck around and and uh for the annual meeting afterwards and helped elect our new board of directors that will take place in uh and uh take their places uh, start of the year that's awesome um and and looking forward to seeing mr darren cleary taking over as uh, president starting in january so a lot of things happened at our annual meeting um so uh, guys thank you for being there for supporting the event supporting the chapter it's been awesome um but with that guys i'll wrap this up so y'all stay safe out there and keep digging tennessee